Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All right, have a seat. Have a seat. Um, we are so glad that you are here. We, we know that um, uh, we are trying to work as everybody gets back into the rhythm um, we we so appreciate those of you willing to go into the overflow room here in a couple of weeks we will launch another uh service and so um right now tentatively it looks like uh 915 1115 and 515 um and we want to i just met with uh one of our men that has led life groups and whatever uh just this last week and uh we have a huge tent that um, was given to us and so we're going to try to keep that up and uh, you know put some tables and chairs and so uh, the reason that we're having time in between is that so they'll help us clean everything do a good job for, for the longest time we've done 10 and 5 because we brought a company in here to spray everything clean everything so that we could do a good job um, and, and then we figured out a way that we can do that um, as people come in, if we have, you know, 25, 30 minutes here. So we, we think that people are in need of connection. Yeah. People are in need of connection. And so uh, we thought, man, we'll put three or four tables out under this tent area. And if you have 15 or 20 minutes, you want to sit down and you want to talk, you want to catch up with somebody, you can do that as we are outside. I mean, we're about to enter into September, October, November. So, I mean, obviously, uh, we feel like the weather uh, generally is pretty good here in um, in that season. And so it'll give us the opportunity to have more people come through. And, you know, obviously the overflow room is great. We appreciate that. We're so glad that people are doing that. But we want to get you in service. We want to get you in service. And so even after the 5, a lot of people are liking the 5.15, 5 o'clock service, sorry. Um, and I just want to let you know that if you are, you want to make room, you want to get to know some people, people we feel like that's a great avenue. Right now that's about uh, 65 to 70% full. And so um, everybody has different uh, conditions that they're dealing with, with COVID and, and whatever. And so um, we want to do as good as we can. We want to do as good as we can. And, and so some of you may absolutely be like, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm ready to hug everyone. Okay. I've been hugged efficient. And so we fixing to hug some people up in here. Okay. Some of you, you may feel like, hey, listen, I'm just now getting ready where I can come back into church. And I do appreciate the social distances, the, the thinking. When, when we get done, we will dismiss everyone in sections. And we have tried to just... Uh, take as many precautions as we can. Listen, the church has got to be the church. And so that means as we keep going, we're going to uh, preach the word. We believe that you can lay hands on people, that you can pray for people. We believe that we can assimilate. We're just uh, assemble. We're just um, being wise. And we feel like wisdom is part of, um, I mean, Jesus was very wise. You know what I mean? He didn't tell all the disciples at the very beginning, hey, I'm going to die and leave it all with you. He was wise. He let relationship form. He let relationship build. He knew the plan, but he de delivered that plan in increments as they could receive it. Does that make sense? 
And so I feel like for us, we've had a very good plan of uh, we did shut down for a while. We did do online. And then now we feel like we're coming back as things are, are moving forward. And we feel like in this moment, um, man, Lowe's can't be open and the church be shut. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, and, and so um, that's kind of where we're at. And and we're going to be safe in doing that. So I would encourage you, give us one or two more weeks. This last week our staff was off. And w- just with COVID and everything, we had just uh, a lot of hours that our team worked. So we blessed them and said, hey, go go spend some time with your family. Go spend some time uh, with your extended family, uh, mother and father-in-laws and all that. So we gave them a week off. Um, but we're back starting Monday, so give us a couple weeks, but I think we even have a time frame on when we're going to start launching that. It'll be like in two weeks, and we'll let you know more about that next week. So uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. You know, we believe that God has a great plan for your life. We do believe that, and uh, we, we, we are very thankful that we get to be a part of your spiritual journey if it's one time or if it's many uh we're excited to see what god does in your life all right for everybody watching at home come on listen listen no multitasking get that get get come on listen you may still be in your robe get that notepad out come on we about to have church y'all ready to have church okay all right let's pray Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. We believe the word the Bible says is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts away the things we don't need. And Father, we're asking that you cut away blind spots, issues, flesh, things that have been hindering us from moving forward. God, you promise us victory, but sometimes we hold it up. Father, help us not hold up the good things that you have for us in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said... I hope this week was different for you. Last week we started um, a, a sermon series called Sons and Daughters. And our focus over the next few weeks is to really embrace our identity as sons and daughters of God. Uh, last week we talked about how much God wanted a family. And if you look all throughout the Bible, you're going to see family terms. Son, daughter, house, home, children, father. Like like it's all in the, the Bible, Old and New Testament. So there's this idea that God is wanting to set up word picture for you. That, hey, this isn't just a social gathering. It's not just a group of people coming together. But there is a local C church and there is a universal C church. And the head of that church come on is who come on help me jesus we are a family we are a family and what we saw is that god loved us so much that he wanted to be in us to be in this family that he sent jesus in order to create a a a wonderful life-giving free family but you have to be born again you have to be born again and that's how you get in the family God is creator, but if you want him to be father, you have to be born again. That's the difference. We talked about last week that there's like this line, that there's this separation. And there is this family album and this family album. And God has sent Jesus to knock on your heart to allow you to move from one to the other where he can be Abba Father and your whole life can change. Come on, does that make sense? 
I had people last week tell me, well, I never understood that. I knew that he was father. I, I kind of knew it, but I didn't know it. You, you ever been that way? Like you ever watch a movie and you're like, man, that was a great movie. Then years later you watch it and you're like, I didn't even see that. I didn't even see that. It's, it's like that's what happens when we begin to open the word is we begin to hear something we think we already know. But the Holy Spirit, come on, is illuminating to us a deeper concept. That's why you don't go to church for seasons. Okay, uh, especially um, uh, U.S. citizens, especially our, our whole idea is that we love knowledge. And, and, and what happens is sometimes it produces this pride because we love logic. And so we want to do something long enough to know about it. But can I tell you something that God, it, my son has been in my family since he was born, but I still got things to teach him. Does that make sense? Like, I know you're 15. I know you think you've grown. I know you think you've heard all of my lessons, but I've got things that thou not have heard. Does that make sense? Like, like I got things for you that I can download into you. And so we are not just looking as believers for an experience We are looking for an ongoing relationship where we can hear something that we think we already know, but it's a new season in our life where we are attuned to a concept that we now will grasp. You can try to talk. Come on. Anybody ever been that young couple? You dating or you're married? You see those kids acting crazy at Walmart? And you walk by and you go, our kids are never going to act. You're like, you don't even know. <laughs> but when you get about three, you're, you're going to pull your hair out too. Just wait. Like there are some things you think you know, but then there's a season, there's a change, there's an adversity. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, that, that clicks for me. When a believer starts to identify themselves as a son and daughter of God, it begins to shape their life. Listen to this. No longer do we feel homeless or orphaned because we're finally home. And there are a lot of mentalities that there are saved people that still have homeless, orphan thoughts. And and I want to talk about that. I want to unpack that. Um, I've never thought I would say this, but vacation fatigue is a real thing. Anybody ever had too much vacation? Come on, like you know, like you retired and you're like, oh, I can't wait to retire. I've been working a long time. Then about two weeks, you're like, okay, we need something to do. Like, like, like vacation. This last week we've been off, and the week before that, we, Katie and I went and and we did our own vacation together, and so. Man, I'm ready to get back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like texting all of my people. I'm like, we, we, so we switch our hours. We're going to be now from a Sunday through Thursday instead of, um, Tuesday through. So, so we switched our hours and I'm ready. I'm texting everybody. We start at nine, but if you really want to be moved by God, be there at 830. I'm ready. But for you, when you get back home, it, it, there's something about unpacking the suitcases, the comfort of your own bed. Come on, you, some of y'all who travel, you know, listen, the comfort of your own bed, getting back into a familiar rhythm. There is nothing like being finally home. Uh, back in the day, there was a, I don't know, and this is kind of a 
churchy analogy, but back in the day, there was a, a group called Audio Adrenaline. Any, anybody remember? You know what I'm saying? So there was a song that they, that they wrote. You can Google it. Uh, it's really old. Uh, but, um, it's not how great thou are old, but, but it, it does, it does, it's older. Um, and so the song was, uh, Father's House. And, and the whole th- song was, come and go with me to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was that or Twilight Paris. I didn't know where I was going. Um, but the whole concept of this song was, my father's house is big and you're welcome inside it. That was the whole concept of the song. And I think that sometimes we don't engage with the father like we should because we feel like that you have to live a certain level to receive acceptance. That, that have you ever been in somebody's home where you didn't, like it was immaculate? And you didn't want to like breathe or mess anything. Like how many of y'all, be honest, like this is just kind of a transparent moment. How many of you know, don't raise your hand. Uh, there are some places you will not take your kids. When they say, hey, come to our house. You're like, oh, let me check my cat. We're never going there. Like they're going to break everything. Like do it. Well, I thought, I think they're old enough. No, they're only 17. Like we, we need, we need time. And I feel like sometimes when we think about God and his family, we think like everything is frat. Uh, I'm going to leave a print. I'm going to mess it up. And, and we, we never get comfortable being in the kingdom. We never get comfortable being at home. Church, it's time for us to get comfortable with our Father and the idea that it's better in the Father's house. Does that make sense? Like it's better in the Father's house. And today I would submit to you that you were not created to live disconnected from God. Well, some would say, well, well, okay, Pastor Stephen, listen. Listen, I I make good money. I have... I have a decent family. I have friends. Uh, I'm really a good person. And, and I just got to tell you that I'm totally functioning at a high level. And, and I would say to you, there's a big difference between functional and freedom. I know a lot of people who are functional, but they're not free. I know a lot of people who are contributors to society but their soul is not free. And so they live in the past. They easily take on rejection. They easily get offended. They easily think, and here's the deal, unbeknownst to us, we can think orphan thoughts the whole time God is saying son and daughter. Come on, does that make sense? Let me, let me unpack this for you. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. I'm going to give you a familiar story. This is uh, something that Jesus began to communicate to his disciples. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get right to the point. So basically, there is a father. He has two sons. One son says, hey, I'm done. I want my inheritance. And so in the Jewish culture, inheritance was such a huge thing. You, ha- you were to bless your children... And you were to work. Can I just tell you this? Listen. For us. 
It is better for you to live on a budget, say no to yourself, so you can say yes to your future. There is something about leveraging your life where you are living for the next. Does that make sense? And so that was actually a culture thought. Only in the last probably 30 or 40 years have we switched that culture where we, we want to do something well for our kids and we want to kind of give them benefit, but there's so many things we want right now. And can I just tell you, if you're going to fund the future, you're going to have to say no to some things that you want. Does that make sense? And so that was the whole culture because it was this idea that I'm living toward something and there was the idea that I'm actually holding the ladder and I'm letting other people climb up and I'm using my experiences, my hurts, my failure and my pain to let someone else have leverage. Does this make sense? Okay, so the son comes to the father and says, hey, I want my gifts. I want them. I want to leave you. I want to be done with you. I want a portion of what you were going to give me. I'm going to take that and I'm going to leave. Okay, here's the verse. So the son goes out, he leaves. And if you, you can, I just, for the sake of time, I didn't want to get into all the details of it. But he blows his money. He liquidates his assets. He, 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 he spends his life on things that don't produce. And he comes, listen, to the end of himself. He's wallowing with pigs He's starving and he's broken. And he comes to himself and he says, you know what? In my father's house, it is better. That's what he says. In my father's house, it is better. So let's look at this. We'll start in 15. I wrote 17. Let me go to 15. So that I want to make sure that we get this. Okay. Here we go. Uh, and then I know that I'm messing you guys up in the back. Sorry. Um, l- let's look at this. So he went. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. I think that's a, this is not even my point, so this is free. You get a bonus because you're first service and I like you better. Um, uh, but you can think this. You can think your friends are going to be there for you. You can think. In the world. And I hear this a lot with young Christians. Well, my friends accept me the way I am and church people don't. You ever heard that? Some of that's true till it's not. But here's the idea is remember there are two kingdoms. So the kingdom of this worldview is I love you even though I don't approve of everything you do. You are always accepted and loved, encouraged. I am hoping for you. I am praying for you. And I am staying in the gap. Come on until you turn around because I love you. Does that make sense? This worldview is I live for myself. So in the moment, you may feel like they accept me the way I am, but they only do that until. Because the worldview is different. 
it's only until you disagree. It's only until you challenge me. It's only until. And this guy had a lot of fun, spending a lot of money. He was the man. Come on, we've been. Hey, oh man, you gonna throw a party again? You go, come on, man. I got my, I got my dad, my man. And then all of a sudden, he's alone. He's by himself. And the Bible says no one gave him anything. Nobody. Well, where were all his friends? <laughs> yup. Where was everybody who was hanging? Come on. Listen, this this too real? All right, let me move on. All right, cool. Look, look at this. It says this. 17. But when he came to himself, when he came to himself, underline that. We're going to come back to it. He said, how many of my father's hired servants... Have more than enough. More than enough. There, it's funny when you want to leave the father's house that you still value what the father's house culture is. I know there's more than enough there. I'm just not sure I want to go there. Look at this. But I push, I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father's house and I will say to him. So he's rehearsing his, okay. You ever got been in trouble with your parents and you're like rehearsing what you're going to say? Or your boss, you go to your boss, you slept in, you missed an appointment. Come on, listen, like, like you went, like you went, you missed an appointment and all of it, you're rehearsing what you're going to, here's the deal. I, I'm sorry. I, ah, he's rehearsing. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as a hired servant. And he's thinking, this is really going to work. Like this is really going to bring me and dad back and it's a, he's going to he's going to hear my apology and it's going to be great. I need to go back. He came to himself. Can I tell you this for all of the people who have been in some sort of church leadership, led a life group, done something. If you're going to work as an influencer, discipler, and lover of people, you are going to be hurt. Why? Because you don't get to control who stays in the house and who leaves. Some people will leave the house. Some people will go. Some people have grown up in the house. And I don't believe, listen, we're training our kids where I don't believe you have to be bad to be good. Come on, does that make sense? I believe we were all born bad. But but anyway, the, the, the idea is, I don't believe you have to be rebellious to be saved. But there is this idea that you can't control who's in the house. And we all have had moments where we came to ourselves. In fact, if you're coming to church and you're here, there was a come to yourself moment where you realize, no, what I'm doing, I'm not good. 
Come on, it's like the alert that goes off in your phone that lets you know a storm is coming or that a kid is missing. Like you're like alerted. And I don't know if you've been in that moment where all of a sudden you're hearing danger, danger, danger in your spirit. And you're like, I got to get back to my father's house. I'm messing up my marriage. I'm messing up my finance. I'm messing up my kids. I'm too addicted. I'm mad all the time. I'm fr- I got to get back. Has anybody had a moment where you came to yourself? Come on, can I hear you? Come on. Sometimes you got to realize that you know what? What I'm doing might not be working. I just got a letter. Katie and I just got a letter from a lady we know. And I, I want to protect her identity. But she, she began to write us this three-page letter. And she... She went through a very hard time. She hit rock bottom. Was very addicted. Very broken. In many different ways. And as she, she wrote this letter, she was talking about her journey. And how she was really frustrated and mad at God at some things that had happened. And so since that time, she's now been in rehab about eight, nine months. In a Christian rehab. She's been eight, nine months sober. And here's what she said. She said, you know, I, I hate the time that I wasted, but I love that I'm back. Can I tell you this, church family? There is this idea that God is okay by not controlling you. Because He wants people who are in not people who are waiting for an opportunity to be out. Come on, listen. We all have to have that moment when we realize that the decisions we make lead us somewhere and they are leading us to bondage or they are leading us to freedom. And it may, come on. We all have those moments of secrets where we think no one will know, but the Bible says that, come on, it only works for a little while. You only hide for a little while. Come on, you can't walk by and and and, and just have a moment where I'm going to flirt with this person in my office and expect it not to go anywhere. Your decisions take you some... Come to help me. They take you somewhere. I love this story because the son finally realized what had moved him out of the father's house. What had moved him out of the father's house is that he wanted control. I want control. I want to use your gifts the way I want to. And here's the deal. We still see it today. Listen, he wanted his father's gifts his own way. And he was basically saying, Father, I want my freedom from you. The son's statement, him leaving and asking for his inheritance, was saying, I don't want a relationship with you. I'm done. And here's what I love about the father. The father gives freely and the son leaves, liquidates everything and heads out. Listen, because the son is rebellious. He's rebellious. 
But there's good news, church. Listen, I don't want to leave you with a a sting or a nasty. I want to tell you that in time, everybody say in time. In time, we never give up praying for our people. We never give up praying for our family. We never give up praying for old church members. There are, I have a list of church members that I am praying for right now because here's the deal. In time. In time. We never give up. That's why we don't judge that person. That's why we pray, we wait, we hope, we love, knowing that hopefully they will come to themselves and God will begin to move, come on, in their life. And if anybody's in this house or watching online or the overflow room, we have had our come to ourself moment. And the truth of the matter is, I haven't had one. I've had many. Is that true? I've had many of those moments. And, and here's the thing is that here is what I want you to see if you're wrestling with leaving or staying. You know, when you begin to make investments, you're going to meet with someone. And, and what they're going to do is the first question they're going to ask you is what is, what is your appetite for risk? They're going to ask you, do you want high risk or, 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 or not? And here's the only thing that I'm going to tell you is I've been in ministry now for almost 25 years and I have seen many, many come back. I've seen many, many people come back and I've seen some not. You're risking. There is a gamble. You're hoping I can go live the way I want to and it ultimately not affect me And then I can come back and I can do it better. And I just need you to know that you're making a risky investment. And not every story is happy. Is that fair? Is that that, how many of y'all have have stories of people in your own life where you've seen that? Come on. Come on. Absolutely. Hands all over the place. And the truth of the matter is, we pray that that doesn't happen. We pray that our kids and our, our families and our college students and our men and our women and all of you here, that, that there is a protection and, and, and that you're able to learn quickly and come on and that starvation comes really quickly. Does that make sense? But sometimes it doesn't. Here's the thing. We all have been affected in this season by covid We've all been affected uh, of the world, the nation, our families, even churches. Gallup just came out with a new poll that said 32% of people who used to go to church are no longer in church. This is why we have to open. This is why we need help. This is why we need you to go through framework or join the dream team and serve at a service. Because here's the deal. They don't really want to hear me. I mean, they like some things that I say, but they want to know you. I'm part of it. I'm not the whole thing. I'm part of it. I want to rightly divide the word. I want to see people grow. I want to see God move. I want to, I want to be a father in this house that moves people toward good things. But ultimately, they want to sit around the table with you and play some cards, play some dominoes, play some croquet, hang out, get to know people, talk, relate. How'd you overcome that? How'd you, how are you winning in your marriage? How you winning in your, how did you date? How did you, how did you know? What did you do? How do you, how do you get your kids to stop doing that? How do you do this? How do you do that? Come on, we got two couples here that are getting married 
this Saturday. New things are happening all the time. God is doing new things all the time. And here's the deal. We need you. We need you. Listen, as we unpack this, I want to give you just a couple of thoughts. There is something about finally being home. There is hope in the house. There is faith in the house. There is love, come on, in the house. There is life in the house. And here is what I love about the, the, the son is he no longer had to be convinced to stay in church because he had the revelation that he needed the father. Luke chapter 15, verse 20, look at this. It says this. I want to talk a little bit about the second brother because they have similarities. I'm sure that you know this, but I want to point out a few things to you. Look at this. And he rose and came to his father. This is, this is the son who was gone. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. The son that's gone comes back. And here is the father's response to the son that's been away. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. Wow, does that sound like church? The church we all want to attend, right? Come on. Not, it, it doesn't say, and the father saw him from a long way off and started to say, I knew it wouldn't work. Started to criticize him and then began his PowerPoint of teaching why it was stupid that he did it. Compassion. The father's heart broke Because he knew the son had attempted to live under something that would never work. And the father was thinking about the brokenness that his son had experienced that he never wanted him to have. And ran to him and embraced him. Look at this. Look at this. He first, he saw him. So he had attention. God sees you. God has compassion on you. He isn't critical or judgmental. There will be a time that he will judge, but it will be trumpet, Jesus. I mean, it'll be all of that, but that's not right now. Effort. The father ran. You know I love you if you make me run. Come on, somebody. Like, hey, hey. Me and my son were working out. We ran a block. I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh. He's like, come on, let's do it again. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. The father ran. Like, <laughs> and they didn't even have like athletic gear. It was like a dress with flip-flops. <laughs> Took my effort. Embraced him. Now look at this. Embraced him. What does that mean? That when the son started coming in proximity, the father grabbed him and said, this is where you belong. This is where you belong. You don't belong out here. You don't belong arm distance away. You belong right here. And then kissed him. This is not a little child. This was a grown man with a grown man. And kissed his son. Because it was a reestablishment of relationship. Come on. 
If we don't understand that. And listen church. There are so many concepts. That I think knock the church off track. Things that we all care about. And listen. In a room where there is a hundred people. hundred so people here. And then overflow and online. I don't know how in the world. The church can agree on anything. Because everybody has a different thought. Everybody has a different opinion. Come on right now. If I asked you. If you're cold. You would raise your hand. But some of you are hot. And some of you are like. I don't want to go to a hot church. And some of you are like, I don't know why it has to be so cold in here. <laughs> you make people want to go to hell just to warm up. <laughs> Listen. There are a lot of things that we all feel like are important. But this church was existed and was established for the main thing. The main thing is not my political view and you wanting to know it. However, I have one. And I think you should vote and I think you should be informed. And if you let the media determine how you think, then you are naive. But that's not the main thing. And you won't hear it every Sunday. Although in a couple of weeks we're going to talk about biblical thoughts about voting. So you need to come. It's cool. I'm going to make everybody mad. It's going to be awesome. Really looking forward to it. Listen, the main thing in this church isn't how you educate your kids. Well, we believe in homeschool and we believe in public school and we believe in Christian school. And let me just tell you, and everybody's got a thought and everybody's adamant about it. And everybody wants it to be the main thing. Let me tell you what the main thing is. Train your kids. Educate your kids. Put faith in your kids. Does that make sense? I can't understand a parent that would say, well, you know, I just don't want to influence their faith. (laughs) Then you want to live hurt. Because the truth of the matter is, as parents, we model the way and we mold the clay. That's our responsibility. And here's the bottom line is, over the last couple of years we've done mom life and uh we've had so many people do mom life it's been great and we are starting dad life come on baby and so i'm excited about it uh if you want to jump in on dad life uh uh, me and a couple of the guys are going to be doing that and we've got five keys that we feel like will make just you incredible dads and so we're going to create winners up in this house and so anyway i don't want to get i'm pretty excited about it i gotta move on okay sorry The main thing here isn't more church programs. Well, we need this. We need this. No, no, no. You go start it. You go do it. You be a leader. You say no to some things. Say yes to some things. And be an avenue for people to grow because you're available. The main thing in this church isn't preaching end times. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean that we won't talk about it. And it doesn't mean that we won't discuss it. But if you want to hear a sermon every Sunday on the end times, here's the only thing I need you to know. Everything that was created will have an ending. You need to know that and you need to study it. (laughs) But there is a main thing that this church is doing. And the main thing is we want everyone to meet the Father. Because out of that, everything changes. Jesus came that you would know the Father. Even Jesus said, this is how we should pray. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, it says, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven. Come on. Hallowed be the hand. All right. 
Jesus had this idea. You got to know him. I'm here to change your mindset about him. You're not orphaned. You're not alone. Remember, you've been adopted and you're not an orphan. Let's think about an orphan. An orphan son or daughter feels unwanted, forgotten. They suffer for a lack of validation and meaning. And they feel like they're not enough. Could those four things be moving in you even as a saved, sanctified believer? Can I tell you something? In a moment, the blood's been applied to your life, but you've got to train and retrain the way you think. Because here's what someone who is adopted, an adopted mentality, here's what they think. An adopted son is wanted, is known, has security, and sees the abundance of their father. Come on, does that make sense? For us, humanity has a longing to be connected with God. You know, Jesus didn't have an orphan mentality. Jesus didn't have an, he was like, if you see me, you see my father, you know my father, my father, everything is my father, my father, my father, you know, like that, that was his thing. And, and here's the thing, the only time Jesus was disconnected from the father was when he took our sin on the cross. And what did he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken In other words, I'm not used to being disconnected. The pain of being disconnected from you. Jesus was not crying in the Garden of Gethsemane because he didn't want pain. He was crying because he didn't want to be alone. Come on. Hear me. How do we cultivate a mentality of sonship? A spirit of sonship. Let me give you three and then I'll end with a story and we'll be done. Y'all good? Everybody good? Everybody learning? Hopefully you are. If you're not, just lie to me. It's cool. How do we cultivate a spirit of sonship? The first is, well, you have to have a desire to be close to the Father. Like it all starts in your pursuit. A desire to be close to the Father. Can I just give you a caveat? If we were to look back, and I'm kind of skipping for time. I wish I could really talk about all this. It's so good. But, but the son who stayed in the house, there were two sons. One left, the other stayed. The son that stayed, here is what he said. I have stayed and I have been your servant. The one who came back said, I want to be your servant. It is interesting that both sons viewed themselves as servants and not sons. Can I tell you this? You have to be before you do. You have to be before you do. And listen, we're a doing church and we're going to do missions and we're going to do leadership and we're going to do all that. But all of that is secondary to who, to, to your being. And your being is the acceptance of knowing that you are in the family of God and we do out of a catalyst, not out of performance. 
We do because we want everybody else to know and we're hoping that people change from darkness to light and we feel like our doing is the process of moving people in. But we don't do so the Father loves us and knows us and cares about us. What fear or hesitation has been keeping you away from a desire to know the Father? The second is embrace brokenness and a contrite heart. Listen, I know you look good on Instagram, but Instagram ain't real gram. Come on, does that make sense? And you, if you don't embrace your brokenness, if you hide your brokenness, we see time and time again, Adam and Eve wanted to hide it. Everybody wants to hide it. You can't hide it. What you have to do is expose it to the Father because He's the one person that's not going to criticize, judge, and ostracize you. He's going to bring you in. Pride keeps us orphans. Lay it down today. Lay it down. Ma'am, you're not always right. Sir, daddy, pops, you're not always right. Even though you both have a lot of experience, you're going to lay some stuff down. The third is you're going to have to confess and release an orphan mentality. I am no longer an orphan. And it's not something that you just decide. It's something you practice. Does that make sense? I don't agree with that mentality. I am wanted and loved. Come on. Ben, y'all go ahead and come up. I want to give you one last little story. And thank you guys uh, for staying with me. There was a young man who constantly fought with his father. They were always at it. The older he got, the more they were at it. He finally left home. He didn't even say goodbye. He was mad. During that process, his mom and him would talk. And after a couple years, the son wanted to come home. The son wanted to come home and see the dad. But the son knew that I'm not going to come home if dad hadn't forgiven me. And so the mom said, they wrote back and forth a letter and she was encouraging him to come home and your dad's going to forgive you. It's going to be fine. And he was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I know dad, he's going to bring it up as soon as I walk. And so they went back and forth writing these letters and finally time was coming out because he wanted to be home for Christmas. And, and the mom said, okay, son, here's what we're going to do. We don't have any more time for writing these letters. You come home. I'm going to talk to your dad. On the way home, the big tree in the back that's next to the railroad tracks. If your dad has forgiven you, I'm going to take a white ribbon and I'm going to put it on one of the tree limbs. That way you know it's safe to come in and you don't have to be on guard But if there's no white ribbon, you can just drive past. Son, heavy, was like, oh, oh, okay. Comes home with one of his friends. And about 10 miles out, he gets so nervous, he pulls the car over. He says, man, I need you to drive. I I can't. I can't look. I'm so nervous that nothing's going to be on the tree. And so I need you to drive and I need you to describe to me if there's something on the tree. 
And I'm going to close my eyes and I'm just going to, I'm going to hope. They got back on the road and they're getting close and the son is like, hey, do you see the tree by the tracks? And the guy says, oh my, dude, I see it. I see the tree. And he's like, hey, is there, is there a white ribbon on the tree? Is there a white ribbon on the tree? And the, and the guy who is driving gets silent. And the son thinks, I knew it. And the driver says, bro, there's a white ribbon on every limb of the tree. Your father wants you. Every limb. The tree was covered in white ribbons. Here is the takeaway for you today. First John chapter 3 verse 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called, come on, say it, children of God. My conclusion today is, what keeps you from finally coming home? If you want to come home for the first time or the tenth time, this is your opportunity. We all get distracted. Come on, somebody. We all get distracted. I don't know what's keeping you away from the Father, but I can tell you that His presence is the safest place to be. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.